What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Bridging the Geekdoms. Uh, today is going to be an interesting episode. We're going to talk about Superman Legacy. The casting has finally been announced of who will play Superman, Kal-El, Clark Kent, as well as Lois Lane. So I'm excited to talk about that. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on the casting. We're also going to talk about DC Films. Because it's really important to have an understanding of where DC Films is right now and where it's heading. And I think it's time for them to move on. And I think James Gunn has a lot of work to do right now. So let's get into it here on Bridging the Geekdoms. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, this should be an interesting episode. You know, it's funny. I, I released an episode uh, earlier this week where it was talking about the casting rumors for Superman Legacy. And what happens? What happens? Not 15 minutes after I post that video. Well, we get some casting news, some big casting news. You know, there was also a trailer that released today. And uh, if everything goes to plan, I may have a guest on here who will absolutely want to talk about that trailer me not so much not so much uh my internet has been kind of spotty today it's been out for a few hours it just came back up and then it went down for about five more minutes so hopefully it stays up for the remainder of this show i'm hoping because it should be good uh let's see triton what is up man you can likely guess my opinion here you want more snyderverse right is that what it is or no i'm sorry you want Christopher Nolan back. <laughs> Lawrence, what's going on, my man? Let's go! Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. It should be a good episode. Uh, because I, there is a lot to discuss uh, when it comes to everything going on right now in the world of DC. So I want to know your thoughts. I want to hear what you think. So make sure in the comments you let us know throughout the show what you think of the castings of Superman and Lois, because I am looking forward to what people have to say. Believe it or not, uh, Twitter and social media has been a little more... Uh, it's been surprising to me, uh, to say the least. Uh, I think more people are ex more excited than I thought would be excited about the change. Obviously, there's still the same people who refuse to acknowledge that there's anything but the Snyderverse. But yeah, it's been an interesting couple days. Triton, I'm in a lot of DC groups on Facebook, not just Snyder fan groups, or Snyderverse fan groups. The reaction to Corn Sweat has been very, very, very polarizing across all of them. That's what I was just saying. You know, it, it's very interesting because it, it's not like I thought for sure, I thought that them announcing Corn uh, Sweat as as Superman, it was going to cause a bigger uproar. But honestly, like, yeah, you, you have those sex, the sections that are not too excited about it, but I think more people are on board with the idea than not. Obviously you have those people who are like, well, he looks just like Henry Cavill. Why couldn't they keep Henry Cavill? We'll talk about that for sure. 
for sure. Lawrence says, I'm excited. Short and sweet and to the point. Like to see it, uh, Lawrence. I like to see it. All right. So let's pull this up here. Now, I want to know what you think about this. So June 27th, which was just two days ago, a Hollywood Reporter posted, and they had the exclusive Superman Legacy finds leads with David Cornsweet and Rachel Brosnahan as Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Now, wouldn't it be pretty interesting if they threw a wrench in the whole mix and they made Rachel Superman and David Cornsweet, Lois Lane? I mean, I could see that in today's society. <laughs> They're not going to do that, though. Anyway, so do you think do you think that this was in response? Because that's what a lot of people are saying. Was this in response to how poorly the Flash has been doing in, in the box office? I truly believe that they wanted to hold this information for some big event. For some reason, I feel like I feel like James Gunn, he is he's a showman. He's going to want to make a big deal out of things like this. And the fact that Superman and Lois are announced via a trade on the internet. Like to me, that doesn't seem like something James Gunn wanted to have happen. I feel like he, whether, whether they were going to show up at San Diego comic-con because DC studio still hasn't stated whether they will be there or not, whether it was at comic-con or whether it was at some other little, get together that he did for DC studios in the coming months. I feel like that's where he wanted to, to do this announcement. Triton says, all I know is Cornsweet looks like discount Cavill and he thinks Cavill was dark and gritty and wants to be bright and optimistic. Superman. Those comments haven't gone well with some. You're right. Here's the thing. I don't, I think people have had this misunderstanding of, of, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill wasn't necessarily dark and gritty, but there was a darkness to his films. The darkness surrounded him. He wasn't the darkness in those films, and I think some people misunderstand that, and David Cornsweet could very well misunderstand that as well. But here's the thing. He does... I think it's the jawline more than anything that, that really kind of gives that Cavill look, not to mention that he is British, which... Uh, don't all British people look the same? Is that what it is? Isn't that the same? I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but on, honestly, I mean, when it comes down to it, he does have the right look. And that was one of the great things about Henry Cavill was his look. He looked like Clark Kent. He looked like Superman. So the fact that they went with somebody who is very similar looking, I don't think is a bad thing. I also don't agree with the whole idea and notion that if you're going to get somebody that looks like Cavill, why don't you just keep Cavill? And we're seeing why. With what happened in The Flash, we're seeing why you can't keep Cavill. Uh, because people don't want to see those iterations. They don't. They don't want to see those iterations of these characters. Black Adam, Shazam, now The Flash. Three box office failures. Three actually not bad movies. Flash was good. Shazam wasn't bad. Black Adam was probably the weakest of the three. But the fact remains, nobody cares about that universe anymore. And ideally, you don't want to have an uphill battle to climb when you're launching a new universe. 
Jay Casali, what's going on, my man? I'm down for David as Superman. He definitely has the look down. Triton says, oh, totally. This is classic Warner Brothers DC Films deflection. They did this a lot under Hamada with random announcements whenever some controversy came out. This is a little bit different in my, in my opinion because it wasn't so much controversy. I mean, the bad, the bad PR around The Flash, they could have announced this you know what the monday after the flash came out which would probably have been a better idea but we're talking about a week and a half they waited to announce this to put this information out there so here we sit and they announce this by that time the bad pr for flash was out the bad the bad uh juju you know it wasn't going to make more money at this point whether they announced this or not the flash news, the, it was going to go. And, and I just read a, an article that there's like 1500 theaters in the United States alone who are pulling the flash this Friday. I mean, three weeks in three weeks, they're pulling that. Like after three weeks, they pull that film. That's insane. That's the fastest. I think a superhero movie's ever been pulled from theaters. So this does nothing, but just, yeah, I guess it's a little band aid. What I say, it's classic Warner brothers. I think it's classic Hollywood. All studios do it. All studios will announce and make sure they get good PR out there if something bad is happening around their studio. And I know it's easy to call out Warner Brothers because of certain things, but I think this isn't in the same malicious manner that it was under Hamada or, you know, Tushahara and Jeff Johns. Discount Cavill. Oh, wow. Coming from a Snyder simp. That's something... Oh boy. Hey guys, play nice in the comments. Play nice. Why can't you move on? His time has passed. Cavill can't play forever. He had his time. Why can't you move on? Triton. Lawrence Fury. I agree. I think he's talking about me and not what Jay is saying. Uh, why are you even here, Triton? You can't let go of Snyder. Okay. Dude. Play nice. Play nice guys. You know, I I'm all for conversation about the differences and the similarities between Corsweat and Cavill. Look, it's bound to happen. We've done it with all iterations of characters. You take a look at Joker for what 20 years. We sat there and said, no one is ever going to be better than Jack Nicholson as Joker. And along comes Heath Ledger and blows everybody's socks off, you know, but there were still that those comparisons prior to the movies, the movie coming out. What is it going to be like? And yes, I know the look was completely different and, and everything. And, and that's another thing. It also depends on how they portray Hornswet on screen. You know, he has the jawline, but they'll probably give him the little curl in the front. They'll probably, you know, bulk him up, but probably not as much as Cavill was bulked up because Snyder is a little bit different when he has his superheroes. He likes big, bulky guys. Hornswet may not be as bulky. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see. I think once we see all that happen, I think the comparison to Cavill will, will simmer down a bit. And then obviously when the movie comes out, it'll be much, much different. Jay, for me, I'm down for David as Superman. He definitely has the look down. I'm going to give him a chance like Christopher Reeve. Gunn is going for an unknown to play the role. I like it. Yeah, I mean, he's not very well known. He hasn't done much. Uh, it's especially, I mean, in the main stream of Hollywood, for sure. But I'm not... You know, I, 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 I'm again, I think I said it probably the past couple of weeks. 
I want to see, I, I think this is the best two pairing. I want to see these two on screen. I'm a big fan of Rachel Brosnahan. I was a huge fan of her character on the blacklist. She was on it for a very short amount of time, but she was an excellent character on that. And I think if she can bring a little bit of that, a little bit of the marvelous Miss Maisel and kind of combine the two, I think we could have an excellent Lois Lane. And then David, I, again, I, I'm not, I guess I think he has a good look. Uh, let's see. Triton says, I can't even see Jay's comments. Plus, I'm I'm not a I want Snyder and Cav want Affleck forever guy. I think that's stupid. As I've always said, I just want Snyder to finish his five film saga. There you go, Jay. He can't see your comments, but there's his response. Jay, when Christopher Reeve got cast in 78, he was an unknown at the time, and he is now the definitive Superman for many. Again, that happens with characters all the time and, and actors all the time. It, it can always change. I, there was a, a conversation going on Twitter earlier where somebody simply said, Henry Cavill is, is my Superman. He's the best Superman and will always be the best Superman. And I stop and I think, you can't, you can't say that with certainty. Yeah, he's a great Superman. But David Cornswick could do better. He could do worse. He could be equal. That's how it works. And I'm all forcing different iterations of those characters. Uh, Jay, 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 Jay. You're never going to get your five films. Snyder has moved on. Why can't you move on? Look, I don't want to have this about if we will get Snyderverse continued or not. This is about being excited about the DCU, talking about the DCU, talking about what's coming and what James Gunn should be doing right now, not what Zack Snyder's doing. So let's try and keep that out of this. We'll have another show. Don't worry. Look up in the corner over there, way over there. Animate the Snyderverse. Hashtag animate the Snyderverse. I will have that up there. So yes, I'm all for the Snyderverse. So people who come on here thinking that I'm not for the Snyderverse, I want to see it continued. I understand. Triton, you started no trouble, man. You're good. You are good, Triton. You're fine. I want you here. I want all of, all of you here. I just want to keep the conversation going with what is current, what is currently going on, because it's exciting. We should be excited. We should be discussing and talking about what is coming. So this comes from The Hollywood Reporter. This is the report that came out after a lengthy search. David Corswet and Rachel Brosnahan will star in Superman Legacy, the film that will launch DC's new universe under writer-director Gunn and his DC Studios co-boss, Peter Safran. Corn Sweat and Brosnahan were among six actors who vied for the lead roles with Gunn filming screen tests over the June 17th weekend with Nicholas Holt and Tom Brittany also in contention to play Superman and Emma Mackey and Phoebe Denevere in the running for Lois Lane. Uh, let's see. Few roles are coveted or come with as much pressure as Superman. That's doubly true in the current landscape as Corsweat will anchor a new universe as DC attempts to reinvent itself after a streak of misses with October's Black Adam, March's Shazam, and the recent The Flash. Only three actors have played the character on the big screen with Christopher Reeve back in 78, Brandon Routh in Superman Returns in 2006, and Henry Cavill from 2013 to... 2021 in Zack Snyder's Justice League. So 
yeah, I mean, this was the announcement, and and I have to say, I am excited about it. I am. I'm. I'm. I'm excited to see what these actors can bring to the role. But, but, are we getting ahead of ourselves right now? We have two more movies that are coming out in regards to DC films. We've got Blue Beetle in about a month and a half, give or take. And then we got Aquaman 2 in about five and a half months. With how bad the last three films have done and have lost Warner Brothers hundreds of millions of dollars, not a little bit, of, they've lost hundreds of millions of dollars for Warner Brothers. What should David Zaslav and James Gunn do at this time? Because don't, don't forget, these are not DC Studio movies. Blue Beetle and Aquaman are Warner Brothers films. They're not DC Studio films. Keep that in mind. That's very important to remember as these movies are starting to come out because James Gunn doesn't necessarily have a say in whether they get released or not. I'm sure he and Safran can go to Zaslav and say, look, maybe it's not such a good idea to release these. But the decision ultimately comes down to David Zaslav and... Uh, DeLuca and Abdi, who are, are I, I believe, running Warner Brother Pictures right now. So those are really the people it comes down to. And then you have to think, well, what damage or what could it, what damage would it do if these movies weren't released? Because I want to know from James Gunn what he plans to do on getting fans excited. Releasing this, this here, this, this coming out right now, is all good and dandy. Um, there we go. This is all good and dandy because, yeah, it's exciting. Sure, absolutely. Great to see this. But here's the thing. By August, people aren't going to be talking about this. Granted, yeah, they could announce who's going to play Lex Luthor, or they could announce who the villain's going to be, or they can announce who the Batman is. There's a lot of other things that they could announce over this these next few months. You could even announce more films that are coming out. But that's not going to get people excited. So what is it that they can do? What is it that they can do to get people to back off and either go see Blue Beetle and Aquaman 2 or Warner Brothers decide, you know what? Let's just throw these on max let's just release them or let's not release them what do you think i want to know what your thoughts are i want to know what you guys think about that because should they release should they actually release blue beetle and aquaman 2 and i'm going to put this up here because I think it's a, it's, it is a valid question at this point. It is. It's a valid question. Derpy Entertainment. DC did something right. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if you're talking about Corn Sweat, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's it's a great choice for sure. But the question we're, we're talking about right now is, should they release Blue Beetle and Aquaman 2? 
Now, I think regardless, I think Blue Beetle is going to get released. There is some hype behind that, whether even if it's just from the Latina uh, you know, crowd, uh, there is hype for that movie. I'm excited for Blue Beetle. I'm not expecting it to be much. I'm not expecting it to be the next Dark Knight, as some would call it, as you know, I'm sure so many people will say, this is the greatest DC film since the Dark Knight. But... I, I don't believe that there's any reason to not release it. It, it was, what, $100 million to make, maybe a little more than $100 million. Uh, and I think they can make that money back easily. There's not been a lot of marketing. They're definitely going to cut back the marketing for both that Blue Beetle and Aquaman 2. So I think if it can make that $350, $400 million, it'll be a win for Warner Brothers at that time. Lawrence Fury says, Blue Beetle, yeah! Jay says, I think Blue Beetle should come out just because DC is rebooting. Does not mean we should disrespect all the hard work the director and actors did with these movies. I mean, look at Batgirl. Well, I do not, you know, there's this, this idea going around now that what Peter Safran and David Zaslav said about Batgirl, about how it's unwatchable, is not true. I, I don't know. I mean, from the moment I saw, what's her name, Leslie Grace as Batgirl... Uh, the suit, I, I, it just didn't look great. And I know it was behind the scenes, but even the promotional image that they, they released, the official image they released didn't look great. I can believe that that movie, because it was being shot on slightly higher than a CW budget, essentially. And they had big ideas. So to me, I think, yeah, it makes sense not, not to have released Batgirl. Uh, look, I do sit there and say I believe in artistic integrity. 100% I believe in artistic integrity. But the studio also does have the right, because it's their money, it's their studio, to release or not release certain things. My theory and my thoughts are if you hire a director, you hire a writer, you hire these people, you all need to be in the same path. Like You need to understand what is going to happen, who's doing what, what's, what's happening. Would I like to see Batgirl? Sure, I'd like to see it just to see what it was. But I also understand from a business standpoint why they didn't release it. And even if it wasn't because it was that bad, from a money standpoint with how bad Warner Brothers was hemorrhaging money and with the future of DC at the time still up in the air, I, I can understand it. it it's, it's just rare for a film to be axed at that stage and i think that's why everybody gets so weirded out about it derpy says honestly blue beetle is fine but aquaman absolutely not unless events happen to where it goes into the dcu but i don't think it will matter because the reputation of dc films nobody cares dc fans won't support it and the general public have no idea who believe blue beetle is as a character nothing connects yeah i mean in a way nothing connects this leads me to one of my biggest issues with fans more than anything. Not everything has to connect. Not every movie has to lead into another movie that isn't necessarily a sequel or something else. I went into Flash knowing full well that we will probably never see this version of the Flash, these versions of these characters ever again. And I put that aside. I put that out of my mind and fully fully enjoyed the movie. I did the same thing with Shazam and Black Adam. 
I enjoyed those films, even though I knew at the time that we would probably never see them again. So this whole idea, this whole idea that these movies have to lead somewhere, I think is all poppycock. I, I don't think that we should be looking at any movie ever. MCU, DC, Star Wars, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Harry Potter, whatever it is, we should not ever look at a movie and say, where is this leading to? Because you then miss out on what could be a good movie. So that is my issue with a lot of fans today. Triton says Batgirl being canned is the only good decision Zaslav has made in regards to DC. I disagree. I know, you know, I disagree. I, I do like the James Gunn hire. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't a bad move. It wasn't a bad move. Derpy says Batgirl was made because of the trend, not a fan of it. <laughs> because of the trend. Are you talking about the idea that they have to make women in everything now? Um, again, look, you can have strong female characters. You know, we've had some in Hollywood over the years, the Laura Cross, the Tomb Raiders, the, uh, you know, Ripley's from Alien, the Princess Leia's. We've had strong women in the past. But yes, there is a trend going on recently uh, where, well, yeah, I understand. Jay says, well, studios are greedy bastards. They disrespect their writers, a.k.a. the strike going on. All they care about is money. Yes but they're a business. I mean, it's just like McDonald's. It's like where I work. It's like anywhere. They, they want money hundred percent. But again, like I said, you need to have respect. You need to respect those you hire uh, to a certain degree. I mean, yes, you hire, when we talk about writers, they hire writers for a certain thing. I understand why there's a writer strike. I understand what's going on with the writer strike. However, I also think they need to understand that you know hey these movies these tv shows aren't getting cheaper to make and the more more and more expensive they get well the less jobs there could be in the long run so i think it's a it's a very tight rope to walk there i do stand with the writers on this i do believe that they should be compensated more fairly especially when it comes to streaming but i do see that there is an issue uh with the way technology is, the way, you know, how much things cost nowadays. I get it. I do. From a studio standpoint, I get it too. Jay, OMG, this is another issue I have. Why can't movies just be enjoyed for what it is? Why does everything have to be connected? This isn't Marvel. Again, I think it's a problem with Marvel fans too. You know, I take a look at, uh, what's a good example of that? Uh, the Eternals. I really enjoyed Eternals. I thought it was a fun movie. It had some boring parts, sure, but it was a fun film. And it doesn't connect to the overall MCU. And people were mad about that. And I'm like, no, I love it because of that. So yeah, you're right, Jay. Why can't we focus on their world and characters and not just the future and sequels? Derpy says, it kind of does, but I understand where you're going with it. Uh, not sure where you're at there, buddy. Sorry. Uh, Lawrence, I watched a Flash movie to enjoy it. And that's, you should go to a movie to enjoy it. 100%. Jay, wow. Only good decision? Wow, Trent, you just... Uh... Jay, you just want to start fights, don't you, buddy? Don't you, buddy? Uh, Derpy, no. Replacing Gingers. Ah, oh, yeah, well, there's that 
that agenda also, yes, they are replacing gingers as well. <laughs> Look, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in Hollywood right now, Derpy. There is a lot. Yeah, they've they've taken away a lot of gingers. Luckily, I'm not a ginger, so I don't need to worry about that. But still, wow, my hair's gross right now. Man. I was out cutting the grass before I came in here, so uh derpy i just think writers are ungrateful where the average american today can afford a house so the writers are ungrateful where an average american today can't afford a house look writers don't make as much as you think um there's so many writers in hollywood granted you have those top tier writers who constantly get work but when you start talking about those uh story group or story room writers they're not getting paid a lot and they could get a job for six months and then be out of a job for another year uh, because they just can't get hired again or go anywhere else. Uh, so they, re they rely on those residuals. And I think that's a big, big thing that people seem to not understand is residuals are a big part of being a writer in Hollywood. Uh, and I think that they should get residuals from streaming in some form or fashion. Jay says movies like Superman 78, Batman 99, Raimi, Spider-Man 2 are great movies because they only focus on the world and the characters. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you know, you went and saw Superman in 1978. You didn't think, where is this going to lead? Are we going to get a sequel? 1989's Batman, same thing. You didn't go in there watching Batman and saying, oh, I hope they set up a sequel. Spider-Man 2, a little bit different, I would say. I mean, it's a great movie. I know from my standpoint, um, I was hoping that they would continue the Spider-Man universe at that point. But I also wasn't going into that movie saying, well, this better set up Spider-Man 3. I was going in there to watch Spider-Man kick Dr. Octopus's ass. That's what I want to go see. I wasn't going to see exactly them setting up more movies. Derpy says it has to be Marvel, though, to work. Uh, Triton. You say all this, yet the years of directionless flops, Hamada Fetus is why DC Films is screwed up nowadays. Under Snyder, there was a story, a vision, a direction, a connectivity, and profit. You're not wrong. You're not. I mean, I can sit here and tell you why Snyder's universe didn't work. I can tell you. But everything you said right there are none of the reasons why it failed the general audience, the large audience is why it failed. And unfortunately that's also because of the backstabbing that was going on and the mishandling of the product. Um, one of the big issues with DC has always been marketing. Their marketing department has been horrible for years I, you know, the Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, terrible name, terrible name. Even Zack Snyder has said it. It's a terrible name. That hurt the movie. You know, they made it like it was going to be Batman versus Superman for this entire film. But uh, it was basically Bruce Wayne versus Superman for 85 percent of it. And then there was five percent of it, Batman versus Superman. And then the rest of it was the Trinity against Doomsday. So, you know, like the, the way they handled a lot of things during the Snyder term or years, uh, that really screwed it up. Yeah, he had a story, he had a vision with a direction and a, a connectivity, but it should always have been 
it, it, there was too much, and, and this sounds wrong. They were trying to build a universe, but gave one man too much power uh, in creating the universe and vision. And I know everybody wants to sit there and comment, oh, Kevin Feige, look what Kevin Feige has done. It wasn't always just him. He had a, an idea. He had a vision of, hey, I would like to get to this at some point somehow. But then he would hire writers and directors and they would come in and they would collaborate and work together to get to that point. It's just he was the, the thread that would go through each one to make sure things worked and stayed connected. And I think where a lot of things broke under Snyder is fans were not the general audience, not fans necessarily, but the general audience, the DC movie going fans were not excited about Snyder's aesthetic look feel. And as it continued and you kept getting that the fans were falling back and they even tried to continue that look aesthetic and feel without Snyder. And you can see it continued to fail. Not just because Snyder wasn't part of it, but because the the audience just doesn't want that look and feel. I don't know if that makes sense. Lawrence, laughy face. Derpy, yeah, can't. Jay, Sam Raimi did a great job on Spider-Man because he did a good job focusing on Peter Parker and his world of characters, and that was fantastic. Yeah. I don't disagree, Jay. I don't disagree. I know you're a big Spider-Man fan, especially Tobey Maguire's. Derpy, it doesn't matter... Uh, then make more than average American. They make more than the average American. They can, yes. Jay, we get it already, Trenton. God, you're a simp for Snyder. Oh my God, Jay, chill. Enough. Stop calling out Triton. <laughs> Zack Snyder was a visionary director with ideas that made it dark and depressing. I like Zack Snyder's look. I like his feel. I like his aesthetic. I like all of that. Uh, but again, it doesn't work for everybody. I, I've been known to come out. Look, when I came out of the Batman vs. Superman, I saw it opening day in 2016. I went to that movie opening day and I walked out of that theater and I looked at my friends who went with me and I looked at them and said, what the fuck was that? That was not my one friend fell asleep. Like that was not the movie I wanted to see. That was not the movie I was expecting. It took me months only after seeing the ultimate edition that I was like, I get it now. And that's why that's what happened. And yes, you can blame Jeff Johns. You can blame them cutting 30 minutes from the movie and rearranging scenes and what have you. But it, 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 the damage was done at that point, unfortunately. Derpy says that's why it failed. Zack Snyder doesn't read comics, though, does he? Um, I'm pretty sure he reads comics. James Gunn does, and so does he. Jay, Richard Donner and Tim Burton and even Nolan did Batman and Superman better than Snyder. I don't fully agree. Can, can we Look, I know that it's so easy to talk about Snyder. I know it's so easy to fall back into that rut. But let's try and, and look forward. Let's try and see what can happen. What can we do to make DC exciting now? What can James Gunn do to make DC exciting now? It's been 10 years now. We have to move forward and get over. Exactly, Derpy. Thank you. It's been 10 years. Look, I hate to say it, but hey, animate the Snyderverse. Animate the Snyderverse, I say. 
Uh, Lauren says, I agree. I don't like the tone of the story in BVS. Triton says, BVS was dark because of its themes and largely being a political thriller. Man of Steel and the Snyder Cut aren't even dark. They're just serious. They're generally, generally, uh, genuinely hopeful and inspiring. I agree. But remember, even if the story isn't dark, Zack Snyder, his aesthetic, his, his photography is very dark. Um, you know, take a look at, you know, directors have certain feels to their movies. You take a look at Christopher Nolan. Nolan loves to have the volume really low when people are talking and then really loud when there's action going on. And uh, he does that kind of stuff because he thinks it helps people pay attention more. They're, they're watching the movie more. They're not falling because they're, they have to focus on what is being said. Zack Snyder is a visual storyteller. So he's going to give his, his little flair of visuals. And the thing that works when it's special effects heavy, and this is something that people don't understand about special effects is when it's darker, it's easier to hide bad CGI. Look at the flash. Look how bright and flashy the flash movie is. And you see how bad some of that CGI is. You take a look at a movie like Zack Snyder's Justice League or Batman vs Superman. The CGI, the special effects are fantastic because it's a darker aesthetic, a darker feeling movie. Not because of the story, but the look is darker. And the audience, whether it's good or bad, have grown accustomed to what Marvel was doing where it's bright and, and colorful. And Superman, people want a bright and colorful Superman. It's just how it is. They're not always talking about his mood. Triton also says, and the other DCU films considered Snyderverse by the Snyderverse fan base, Suicide Squad 2016, Wonder Woman 17, Aquaman aren't dark either. Again, like I just said, it's not just about the story. It's about the look. And Wonder Woman, great movie but you can absolutely feel Snyder's influence there. And he was a big part of helping Patty Jenkins understand the, the action sequences. And you can definitely tell she took a lot and, and was inspired by a lot of what Zack Snyder did. And the reason why you can tell that is because you then take a look at her sequel, Wonder Woman 84, and it's the complete opposite. There's like no Zack Snyder influence in there. And you can see that that was more Patty Jenkins style, Wonder Woman 84 than the first wonder woman aquaman again it, it's no it's not a dark movie but i will say it's a it's a stunning beautiful movie i do love that movie james wan did a fantastic job with aquaman especially with the underwater scenes you take a look at a lot of underwater movies today little mermaid for instance uh you take a look at what they did with namor and 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 black panther 2 this goes back to what i was just saying about the cgi because if you watch aquaman the CGI of the hair and underwater scenes with the people, it didn't look great. It wasn't terrible, but it didn't look great. But they also made a decision on making the underwater scenes very colorful and bright. You take a look at Little Mermaid. You take a look at Black Panther 2 with the underwater stuff. It's very dark. And the CGI doesn't stick out as much. So if you want like a good example, that's a great example there to compare Aquaman to like Little Mermaid and Black Panther. That's not to say they don't have colorful elements in those movies, but it's not as prevalent as, prevalent as Aquaman was. Triton says, to me, all the dark complaints seem to stem solely from BVS. You're right, 
but again, you know, I know for a fact, like, just take my mother. I know she's a, you know, she's an older lady, but she asked me, like, why are these films so dark? Not from a story standpoint, but from a visual standpoint. And that does turn people off. That does. Even, even Christopher Nolan, his movies weren't that dark. You know, his Batman films had some dark elements. Obviously, Batman is going to be in the dark, but he found ways to utilize colors a little bit differently. You take a look at Bat- the first Batman, Batman Begins, there's a lot of, a lot of orange a- in the night scenes, which kind of brighten it up a little bit. In The Dark Knight, there's a lot more bluish tint to everything. And oddly, The Dark Knight Rises take a- takes place a lot during the day. I don't know why. Lawrence, I'm going to be honest, the Ultimate Edition was the same movie to me. Hey, I, I can see that. I know I've talked to a couple people who said that it didn't change their opinion of BVS. Jay, were we even watching the same movie, Triton? Not what I saw. Triton, your Nolan volume comment reminded me I need to rewatch Tenet. <laughs> That's a great example of his volume. That, that, that It annoys me. And, you know, it's a crazy thing because Nolan had a bigger hand in, in Man of Steel. And Man of Steel is done like that. Go watch Man of Steel. You know, it, it's hard to watch it. I have I have um, home pods. I have two home pods with Dolby uh, sound with them. And even with those on, you know, I have to turn the volume up just a little bit to hear what they're saying. And then, boom, there's loud explosions at the big action sequences. And it, like, blows everything away in the living room. It's crazy. And that was definitely a Nolan recommendation, I'm sure. Derpy, I hated Affleck's Batman besides him as Bruce in combat and gadgets. I didn't like it. Branding and prostitution scenes was just too much, but that much. That's why it failed. It was dark. It, it was more of a, you know, Frank Miller take on Batman uh, because Frank Miller's Batman was a lot darker than what we saw previous and even since. Uh, you know, there's not been as dark of a Batman really. I mean, there's been some iterations. You know, uh, the branding was one thing. Again, it's there was no buildup for that Batman. I think that's why a lot of people don't like that version. Perhaps Derpy, if there would have been a bigger buildup, uh, not saying, you know, three solo films before getting there, but even a better understanding of the character, maybe it would have worked for you. Maybe. The general audience isn't taking their kid to that. No, and that was another thing. The... Batman vs Superman. That's uh, thank you, Derpy. You, you you reminded me of this. Batman vs Superman and what Zack Snyder was making did not, because of how dark it looked, did not bode well for itself for getting children to want to go. I mean, I have kids, you know, and back then it's ten years ago. So my oldest, he would have been five, four or five years old. At the time, so during that, you know, he was young. My my other son, my my second youngest or second oldest, is uh, just two years younger. So as those years were going on, you know what they wanted to watch more as kids? The bright, light, and fluffy Marvel. <laughs> you know, and kids are a big part of what draw the box office up for these superhero films. You're not wrong. You're not wrong, Derby. Jay, just like David said, I want to see bright, hopeful Superman standing with truth and justice. I want to see him back on the big screen. We haven't had that since Superman Returns. 
I disagree. We saw that in Zack Snyder's Justice League, and we saw that hints of it at the end of Batman vs Superman, and we even saw bits of it in Man of Steel. Uh, but I get it. You want to see a whole movie like that. You want to see a whole character like that, and, and that's fine. Derpy says the best depiction of DC characters are the Denny. Um, Deanie and Tim universe, but if you ask the general public in their eyes what DC is, they think Adam West, Christopher Reeves, Super Friends, Linda Carter. I don't know about that. I think people don't have an idea specifically of what DC is uh, because there is like you ask people what Marvel is today, and, and a great example is you go on Twitter and you see a report on Twitter or Facebook or something that says Marvel to kill off major character. The first thing that pops in everybody's head is, Oh geez, what character are they killing off in the movies? But they're actually talking about the comics. That's where people run to right away are the, the movies when it comes to Marvel, because it's built up such a brand with DC. It's so you you've got 40 years almost of these films of all different little sections of film. So yeah, some people will sit there and say, Christopher Reeves is my Superman. Some will say uh, Henry Cavill. Some will say Michael Keaton. Some will say Ben Affleck. So there's so much of a disconnect because of that. I think that's what James Gunn needs to establish. He needs to start today in establishing that we are making a universe that is going to stand on its own. And I think that's very important for them to do. Uh, Triton says, I'd show my kids BVS. I mean, I saw aliens for the first time at like eight and I turned out okay. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I had my kids watch Batman vs Superman. I had my kids watch man of steel. I had my kids watch the suit. My heck, my daughter, my daughter is named Harley Quinn. That is her name. Birth certificate name, Harley Quinn. We do spell it a little bit differently, but her name is Harley Quinn. Do you think a kid named Harley Quinn is not going to watch movies with Harley Quinn in it? Not a chance. So, yeah, she watched those movies, and I was okay with that. The problem is when you turn it around and you take a look, the kids aren't sitting there when the trailers and the TV commercials are on. They're not saying, Dad, I want to go see that. But when they see Iron Man, when they see Captain America, when they see Spider-Man, Dad, I want to see that. And that's kind of how it happens because of the look and the feel of those movies, unfortunately. Derpy, that's the crowd gun has to win over more than us. Uh, you're talking about this crowd here that look at Adam West, Christopher Reeves and everything. I can buy that. Uh, well, that's just you, Triton. The majority isn't doing that, taking kids to their kids to those movies. Jay says, hell, Gunn should take influence from the DCAU, Superman. The animated series was one of the best takes on Superman. With Tim Daly voicing him, he should do that. Tim Daly only voiced him on the animated series of Superman. There was somebody else who did the Justice League voice, if I'm not mistaken, which was also part of the animated Dini verse and um, stuff. Yeah. I think so. Uh, I can't remember now. Uh, Jay says, to be honest, Snyder, too much influence from Nolan's Batman making Superman too realistic in the real world. Jay, I'm going to tell you right now. You want to know why? Because it wasn't Snyder who took too much influence from Nolan's Batman. Nolan and David Goyer made the story for Man of Steel. 
the same two who worked on Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. That's why that Superman, why Man of Steel, it feels like a Christopher Nolan movie shot by Zack Snyder. That's why. Zack Snyder didn't write Man of Steel. Zack Snyder was brought on from by Christopher Nolan to direct Man of Steel. Triton, my DC is Snyderverse, Eraverse, New 52, and Injustice. Those are what made me go from Batman fan to DC fan. Makes sense. I remember when New 52 came out. Oh, man. It was a huge deal. That's gross. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, no, when the new 52 came out, that was a huge, huge deal. Because if you think about it, like they were rebooting the universe. What was that? 2010, 2011. I don't know. Somewhere around there. And uh, that was a huge, huge deal. And it worked for a while. It really did. And it, it, I think it brought in a lot of new fans, but then it started to fizzle out, which is why they then did Rebirth, which did the same thing, brought fans back in, and then it fizzled out again. Uh, so, yeah, Arrowverse was good for the first, what, three or four seasons of Arrow were good. Flash was good for the first three seasons. Legends was good for the first two seasons. Supergirl had maybe a total of, like, ten good episodes. So, I mean, the Arrowverse is hit or miss for me. Uh, you know, Black Lightning was good. I really enjoyed the first season of Black Lightning. Uh, but, yeah, I actually never watched Stargirl. I just said by that time I was already checked out. Oh, a lot of comments here, guys. Uh, Derpy says, I just want Golden Age stuff with this universe with specific characters. Here's the thing. In reality, the general public and kids don't care about the comics. In reality, they just want good story. Well, that's my complaint about all Hollywood right now, Derpy. I'm sick of the politics pushing. I'm sick of the agenda pushing. Just make a good story. And I don't care. You know, if it's if it's David Cornsweet that's that's in there, if he's the one that's that's Superman, as long as it's a good story, I don't care who's in the role. As long as it's a good story and 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 the the actor does well with what the story is. Tim Daly was Superman, the animated series, Justice League, Doom Movie, Superman, Public Enemies, and more. Yeah, I, he did do a bunch, but uh, I'm talking about the the Tim Deeney universe, uh, which was Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series, Justice League, and Justice League Unlimited. Uh, those there, I'm pretty sure they had two different people voicing Superman at that time. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Back to his... His uh, exploits of the MLB. Here's <laughs> Ken, Ken the Ombud. What's going on, man? What's going on, Rob? I apologize for the delay in my appearance. It was um, a hectic hour in my household. But, oh, um, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, I don't no, know if you've been... Once you told me your internet went out, I was like, oh, okay. So then we're probably not going to show. And then I stepped away. And then I looked at my phone. I'm like, holy shit. I'm not supposed to leave. Stay close by. So... Uh, <laughs> Good to be here. Where are we? So I could at least chime in a little bit. Um, well, my question to everybody is, should they release Blue Beetle and Aquaman 2? And then everybody's talking about, you know, what the DC should be right now or what they should be doing right now. We've, okay. and we've 
and forth with a lot of stuff you know like derpy here he's like i want the golden age stuff with the universe with specific characters uh we're also talking about why people didn't go and see the snyder verse and that dceu there's okay. some there's some talk that you know the reason for it is because it was just dark not just story-wise but even visually they were dark they were dark movies and that doesn't bode well for kids wanting to go see the films so that's kind of what right. we've been okay. talking about here okay yeah so just to like chime in on the Snyderverse stuff, I was a fan that would definitely go to the theaters to watch his movies. So, um, excuse me as my dog escapes, but um, you know, I really enjoyed those movies. But those movies are not for everybody, and there's a lot of stuff that you have to infer in those movies that um, may not just be for the general audience. You know, I don't think, and this is not an insult for the general audience, but when we go and sit in a movie theater, we're not trying to think. You know, we're just trying to let go and kind of watch and. There's a lot of philosophical uh, ideologies that are presented in Zack Snyder's movies and not even just DC movies, just in general. And that's not for everybody, honestly. So that's kind of a quick point on that. But I was it's actually pretty funny. I was talking to a coworker of mine about the Blue Beetle and Aquaman 2 thing. And here's my take. So they released these movies in the wrong order this year, in my opinion. If everything was going to go the way that it was supposed to go, Flash should have been the movie that closes this chapter out because it would make a lot more sense in terms of just, boom, that universe is done. We're going to ramp up into our own universe. So my thing is is that, obviously, it doesn't seem physically responsible at the moment to release these movies. Um, I, I feel like if these movies bomb as bad as The Flash and Shazam have, wouldn't Warner Bros. kind of be in a little bit of trouble, honestly? Like, they just can't have bomb after bomb release in theaters. So, um, in order for them to create a healthy distance between this era of DC and the new era of the DCU, I think both of these movies should kind of just go to directly to streaming, honestly. Um, that's kind of my take on it. I think I read an article the other day where, the, where they would have lost less money if they released The Flash on Max rather than in the theaters. So... I think it's a serious conversation to have just to distance these two visions of the DC universe. And I don't know, I kind of, you kind of have to wonder what James Gunn is thinking right now, where it's like, you know, the box office performances of these movies. It's like, holy shit, did I really get myself into something that I might not be able to back myself out of anytime soon, you know? So, um, you know, I'm curious to hear what you think about that. I don't know if that's been brought up just quite yet. But yeah. that's definitely a possibility that I think, truthfully, would be the their best route right now because. And, and, and that's kind of that's kind of what I was saying. Is it, it does it is it financially responsible for them to release it just on Max? I yeah. mean, if they're going to lose more money releasing it on Max, even if you know, let's say Aquaman does what Flash did, will they lose more money? doing it that way or releasing on max and i think that's the way they have to look at it i think blue beetle should be released regardless i think there's enough excitement and it didn't cost that much and if they keep marketing as low as possible it's going to hit that three to four hundred million mark and probably make them some money regardless uh but i think it's the i personally personally disagree i um I, i i'm excited to see blue beetle i will definitely be somebody that sees it in the theaters but I think for just a general audience, it's just I, I, there's there's an appeal, I feel like, to a certain fan base within the DC for Blue Beetle because of the people that have watched like the earlier animated shows where he was featured and some of the animated movies that he's been featured in with the Teen Titans and stuff. But um, 
I don't know if this is a character that has like general audience wide appeal. You know? No, but I think there's a there's definitely an excitement in the Latina crowd. Okay, uh, they yeah, definitely they definitely want to see it, and and I think you know my kids are excited about it. Okay. And we we go back to that kid that that kid aspect that we've been talking about just you know the last five ten minutes is kids want to see these want to if they want to see these movies they're going to make money they're going to they're are they going to make billions of dollars? No, but they will make money because of kids. And I know my kids, you know, ranging from 14 down to six, seven, four. I don't know. I have too many kids to keep count, uh, <laughs> but they, they all have an, you know, a desire to see that movie. So, right. And, yeah. and again, that doesn't mean it's going to make Buku bucks. I think you're looking at flash. I'm looking at Shazam. I'm looking at black Adam. You know, they all made between a three and four hundred million dollar range. And I think that is going to be well, Flash hasn't yet, but I think it's it, that's a very good possibility. And I think with Blue Beetle costing around a hundred million dollars and let's say another hundred million dollars in marketing, maybe even less if they keep it down low, they hit that three hundred million dollar mark. That's good for their pocketbook. Yeah. That, that looks good for them. I just think that there needs to be distance, honestly. I think. Uh, the exact date is escaping me, but isn't Superman supposed to, the Superman legacy supposed to release in July of 2025? 2025, yeah. I think that's a little too soon. Maybe that, maybe now saying too 2025, that's, that's, that's further away than I'm, than I'm realizing, but it's just, I don't know, man, like, they really do need a reset year. Like, we're a year where they don't really release any, like, big screen projects, and they mm -hmm. just try to focus on the smaller screen projects, try to release things that throughout the year, but just kind of take a reset and a reset and just a step back and see what they're doing. Cause one of the things that James Gunn said in that introductory video for the DCU was that story is paramount story is important. Like, and that's something that I hope is really being poured fo their focus is being poured into for that, for these upcoming projects. Um, I know that the Joker too, and I know Joker 2 has basically been wrapped up in terms of like principal photography, right? So that post that post production can go on and that's maybe something that could be released in 2024, but I feel like they have a real opportunity with the Joker and this is not movie perhaps, but to just kind of establish how things are going to go on from here on out where maybe the first, you know how every movie has their introductory logos and stuff, maybe we get something where it like spans the DC multiverse and then it settles on an earth. And then the logo comes out where it's like DC Elseworlds. Yeah. You know, they really need to start making it clear that, you know, we're, we're going to be living, we're going to be witnessing this universe through a multiversal lens. And mm -hmm. we're, while the main story that you're going to care about, is going to be the DCU. We're going to have other stories that are scattered throughout the universe that are clearly Elseworld. So I feel like that's a real only opportunity that they have to kind of push how they're going to move things going forward. And I think that'd be pretty cool, honestly. Like, I don't know, I'm just a nerd like that, where if I see something cool within like the opening credit logos sequence, like I'll point it out. So that'd be something that's like small, wouldn't cost them that much and would really kind of usher in the new era of the DC universe, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, make sure you smash that like button and hit subscribe. Uh, we're going to keep going here for a little bit. I got another person oh, yeah. who wants to join on, so let's see what happens. Uh, Derpy does say, I just want the Watchtower and Justice League. Not a fan of Hall of Justice, hoping for it to happen. I think that we're going to see the Hall of Justice, unfortunately. I, you know, With James Gunn, he does like that, that older style of Superman. 
into the Justice League. Maybe we get the Watchtower, but I think yeah. they'll go with the Hall of Justice. Ooh, speaking of the castings, I obviously was not here for your discussion on it, but what are your, I guess, summarized thoughts on the castings that we got so far? Um, I enjoy, I like it. I, I, yeah. I want Rachel Bro. I wanted Rachel Bro's name. The moment I heard her name, yeah. I've wanted her to play Lois. I think she's going to be perfect for Lois. Yeah. Uh, David Cornsweet, I, I looked at it and said, look, I, he looks the part. I think he'll do well. He's not a big name. Uh, let's just see what happens with yeah. him. You know, like I, I'm okay with what they're doing yeah. in that regard. Yeah, and I think it's really important to remember that, remember, this is going to be our iteration of Superman and Lois Lane on the cinematic platform, TV platform, video game platform, animation platform. So yeah, uh, they, you really have to take that consideration just with the castings and stuff that we probably are going to get lesser known actors for these roles because these are really actors and actresses that are going to be the future of Hollywood. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What's going on, Prime? How are you doing? What's good, brother? What's good, everybody? What's up? <laughs> hey, I, want to, I, want to, I want to read this comment real quick. Jay says, the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I miss those days of movies or comic book movies. I don't know, man. I think we're at a better age for comic book movies. Not saying that those movies were bad, but yeah. we've definitely come a long way. No. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You have to take into consideration, too, that we have the technology to make the characters in that world more lifelike. Yeah. So, but it also it also depends on who is actually doing uh, the actual directing and who's really doing the special effects and who has that visionary mind to actually showcase that to bring those type of characters to life. Yeah. So, you gotta look at that. Now we have the technology; we can actually do it. But um, I know you were talking about uh, you know Superman and uh, you know and uh, you know talking about it. I mean, I would say this: I, I could just talk about the casting. You know, how much time you got left before you want to dip out? Because <laughs> I catch you at the back end. <laughs> no, you're fine. I, I, I'm I'm free right now, so we're good. Yeah, I'm good too, sir. Well, I would say this. So so people can, you know, get a little bit, you know, more detail. I mean, they have to go with unknown names. Now, what's the lady's name that's playing Lois? Uh, Rachel, 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 Rachel Brosnahan. Brosnahan, Brosnahan. People got to realize that her resume is actually good. She didn't won an Academy Award, all type of different type of awards, but it's been in the back burner. She's not like a real, real known name, but her accolades showcase for herself. So that's a good thing pertaining to her. But when it comes down to um, Kordenstein, him, um, he's a, I will say this. Um, we just have to wait and see how everything is going to pan out with him. He looks like Henry Cavill, but he's going to, you know, it all depends on how, you know, how it's going to be written. It's going to be, the, it has to be the, the chemistry between him and Bresnahan. That's the, that's the main thing. And we also got to understand is, is that what type of, we, we have a, we have a foundation of what type of Superman story that we're going to get, but how is it going to carry over? Because I've always said this. It has to be a median. If you're not going to have a median pertaining to the story, meaning that you cannot just make him, you cannot make that story strictly kiddish and boy scoutish. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to have some of the serious element. You're going to have to have Lois Lane be the Lois Lane that um, that is smart in this new age. Because if you go back to the old, old Lois Lane, there's going to be a lot of problems with that. 
the, a lot of women ain't gonna like that because basically what it's saying is, is that she's stupid. So yeah, um, no, Rachel Brosnahan's a great actress. Uh, yeah. I, I've talked about it. You know, she did that series, Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yep. She was um, she had a small part on the Blacklist, which I really liked. Yep. So she's she's a good actress, and she can bring that that smarts and the and the intelligence that Lois Lane needs to have. So I think I, I think when I look at it, Corn Sweat I think was a safe get. Yeah. A good get, but safe. I think Rachel Brosnahan, I think, is the standout in the casting right now, just in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And are you also, oh, yeah, absolutely. Costume looks like what the design's going to be for him. So maybe they tested some costumes out and they just figured that he just looked the best and played the best, honestly. So maybe that's just also another factor going into it. Derpy, you talking about Ken there? Is Ken the one chewing the uh, the bubble gum, looking like he's about to to make boss moves in the front office? Is that who you're talking about? Hey, I'm trying. To. I'm trying to. <laughs> uh, let's see what else do we got here. Uh, good stories. Yeah, Lauren says good story is what matters most to me, and that's another thing we're talking about. Is you know yep. what should James Gunn focus on moving forward with the DC you know film universe and the DCU? Uh, it, it should it should be story that comes first. Well, <clears throat> I'll say this. The key thing that James Gunn has iterated, and he said this a couple of times, is that the Trinity is going to be the one that's going to introduce all the other characters in DC. So to get all the other characters that is in DC, you have to utilize the Trinity. And that's why, you know, I see people that's tripping out saying, well, they're going to introduce different characters in the Superman film. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Because, you know, that is how you do it. That is basically the perfect way to actually do it instead of just doing their own personal. For instance, we know the authority is going to be a Superman legacy. Once they're introduced, people are going to want to know more about them after they watch the movie. They're going to go watch that movie. Same thing when it comes down to if it's any other villains or any other characters that's going to be introduced in, in a Superman legacy. Oh, exactly. So. If you're not a DC aficionado, you will not know who the leg, who the authority is. Look, okay. I, I'm really good with DC, and I didn't know. I like I I've heard of them, but I've not. I don't know much yeah, about man. them. Yeah, Wildstorm. You know, I mean, Wildstorm got some great comics, and I think that when he said the authority, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so that's you know, for people to understand what the authority is, they've been said it numerous times, but yeah, for the people that don't know, they're the equivalent of the boys. Okay, yeah, I've I've heard that that said a few times. I want to jump down. I know there's a lot of different uh, comments here. So Hunter, first off, thanks for joining. Week's going pretty good. Hope your week's going well. Triton has a good comment. I want I want us to discuss here a bit. Triton, now for those of you who don't, you heard your prime and and Ken. Triton is a big Snyder fan. He wants to see the Snyderverse restored and completed. That's what he wants to see. But he's not, you know. He's not one of those diehard, crazy Snyder fans that are out there. But he goes, putting aside his bias, Gunn's plan to have his DCU spread across all forms of media is ridiculous. It'll be both stupidly time-consuming and hella expensive to keep up with 100%. And I, in a way, agree. Like, I think it's going to be difficult. Like, I can understand TV and film. Uh, even, you know, having some comics or animation running side by side here and there, I think. But he's even been talking about video games. And I think that's going to be really difficult because it's hard to 
you know, it's hard to tell a compelling, and I, I don't take this the wrong way. You can tell compelling stories through video games, but you know, the character, when, when you're playing a character who dies 50 times playing a video game, it's hard to kind of make that match to what's going on in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but also just like you said, time consuming. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think it's a bad idea to utilize all these mediums or do you think, Hey, let's see what happens. Let's, let's see what he can do. Oh, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty cool idea, honestly, to have video games kind of synced up with the animated uh, TV and film divisions, just because I feel like, and he said this before, it's a story, it's a form of storytelling that really hasn't been done yet. And I think that's something that really appeals to the general audience is something that's unique. And I think that um, having that continuity and just having that cohesiveness between all mediums is just something that Marvel clearly doesn't have and I just feel like no major studio really does have and I think it would be an interesting experiment and I think it would be a good way to just kind of fill in the gaps in between the stories to just kind of um, not have a major impact on it but the like yes the Superman that you're playing with in this game is the Superman that you saw in the movie and stuff and it just fills in the blank in between Superman Legacy and let's say the next time that he shows up is in like the authority film. So um, I think it's a pretty cool idea. Like, uh, like the comments said, it would be incredibly hard to pull off, but something that I really do hope that they really try to do, because I know I'd be first in line to get some of these games that, especially if it's important to the story, I feel like I'm one of those fans that regardless of what the medium is, I will consume it, especially if it's part of like the larger cohesive universe. So I'm all for it, honestly. Oh, absolutely. I, I am as well. <clears throat> I mean, I'm all for it, but um, I just, you know, you just have to understand, you know, everybody is, you know, it all depends on how the execution is. And yep. that's going to be the major key. The execution is going to be key and how you're going to conduct it. So conducting it and then executing it, that's going to be the major key. So those are the things that people have to really look out for. And on top of that, I think exactly exactly what <clears throat> uh, what James Gunn had actually said was, and he said in an article, and quote, he said that with him being with the, M the MCU, now he, he, he has a little bit more knowledge on how to orchestrate yep. and know how to do this now and how to put everything together because when they did the MCU when they first started out they were just going right off the head they were just going as they go mm -hmm. so they're not going to do the same thing that they did and he's not going to do the same thing that they did with the MCU they're going to do something a little bit differently but at the same time and the great thing about that that he said that my key is only this like I said it's going to be the execution how are you going to do it and with DC it has so much lore and that's the thing that people fail to understand. And last but not least, the tone is what's going to be the key. You cannot, you cannot make DC like, like Marvel. See, that's the thing people fail to realize about Marvel is Marvel is still, is still under Disney's umbrella. So they only can do but so much. Yeah. DC, they can, they can go strictly R on everything if they wanted to. They don't have no restrictions to well, the pose of what what uh, Marvel was. So I mean, they pushed a PG thirteen to the brink to the level, but and I think so. I, I want to touch on two things here, or three things really. So 
first off, what Triton says, you know, about the video games here, he's not wrong. You know, the general audience isn't going to want to consume a 50 to 100 hour long game, even a 10 hour long game. Consumers, the general audience isn't going to consume that. So doing the video games, you have to it's not going to be as connected as I think we want it to or as hardcore fans want it to be. Uh, But then what you're saying about uh, Prime, what you're saying about the idea of making things are and going as, as dark as they want and, and things like that, that I think is a big problem. I don't know if you were listening earlier on, but that was something we were talking about is how, you know, we had you Marvel is successful because of kids, a large portion of their success comes from kids and not just kids, but let's not, let's not forget that back in 2009, a 10 year old in 2009, when Endgame came out was almost 20 years old. And now He's going to be having kids soon or already has kids who he's taking with him to see these movies. We didn't get that same thing with DC during the Snyderverse, during the Hamadaverse, whatever you want to call it. We didn't get that uh, because of how dark in tone and how dark the the visuals for it were. Kids weren't grasping onto it and neither was the general audience. So I don't think James Gunn is going to go that route. And to go to your point with James Gunn, coming from marvel has an experience let's not forget that he was originally tapped to be the one that was going to helm the whole universe in space everything that was going on out in the galaxy all those movies kevin feige was going to have james gunn overheading and then everything happened where he got fired so he does have an idea he does have the knowledge on how to do it i just he hasn't put it into action yet and i think that's what scares a lot of people I, I would say I would say this, and, I, and I'll say this too. But you have a point. You have a point when it comes down to the actual audience, uh, with the general casual audience, and with the kids. But people fail to realize this too. All right, that's why I always say, and I'm not going to I'm not going to go over this. People have to really think, have to think and beyond when I say this. There has to be a median. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, is that you got to understand what's in between. For example, all right. If you're going, if if you're gonna, if you're gonna go, if you want to appease to the kids too, that's gonna be hard. Especially when you have, how can I say this? If you're going to introduce children to DC and you're going to do it through movies, because I still believe I just just me, I believe that the movie concept is still kind of messed up. I think if kids is going to get introduced to DC, I think it's good for them to get introduced to DC through animation and through comics. That's just me. Because for the simple fact is they're going to get the full, they're going to get that. When you're going to do live action, you got to remember, you have adults. I said in my video last night, because I did a, a video on the evolution of Superman is the man babies, are they the ones that's making it stagnant? And I said it like this. Everybody that's listening here, they're not a child. If you're coming from Generation X down and you're a millennial, all that kitty stuff, you outgrew that. <laughs> you really did. And you want to see these characters be appealing. Children, on the other end, yeah, you want to appease to them too. But at the same time, who wants to see? They can't be Superman. Don't nobody want to see that. 
Well, see, that's that's where I think you're wrong because the great thing about comics, and you take a look at at, and you're you're a comic aficionado. I know you know comics, Prime. You know, you take a look at things like Superman. Superman stories they do have have some serious stories for sure, but he is a little more bright and happier. The comic is brighter, you know, more fun aesthetically. But then you have Batman, who is much more who's darker. And they can go that route with the DC universe. They can go that route where you have the Supermans, you have the the flashes that are a little more lighthearted, that are a little more in, in tone for kids, but also have the darker Batman. And I think that's what James Gunn is going to do. I think he's going to have a good balance, like you're saying, there a good medium where people can, you know, you can appease all or as much of the audience as possible. If Superman wasn't your style, Batman will be. Or as Kavari here is saying, I think I said Kavari, his name, right? May, James Mangold Swamp Thing. It's going to be more of a horror Frankenstein-inspired movie. And you can hit a different audience and crowd with that and maybe pull them in. The only I'm problem, a- but the only problem is when you start spreading too much and hit, trying to hit too many things, then you get nothing. Because then it doesn't feel like it's one universe. Then it just get, feels like it's just a bunch of random films put together in some form or fashion. I mean, I get what you're saying, but again, it comes down to the writing, and it's also going to come down to the actual execution of the actual material. 100%. And, and you know, now it all depends on which version of, it all depends on which version of DC that he's going to do. Yeah. Are you going to do the more, and are you going to do the realistic element? Are you going to do more of the cartoony, the the cartoony fake element. We just have to wait and see uh, how they're going to do it. So, you know, we just have to wait and see. Um, you know, I just, you know, do I believe James Gunn and his and 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 what what he's going to do is going to do a good job? I believe so. I believe so. He got some huge shoes to fill though. He really <laughs> does. He got some huge shoes to fill. And a lot of people are not going to how, how can I put it is that um how can, how can I explain it? The look is what's going to get me. If the look looks too cheesy for me, I'm not going to be interested. I'm oh, just the, not. The only thing I don't want, I don't want the S on the cape for Superman. Keep the S off the cape. I think it looks like a Halloween costume when there's an S on the cape. That's just me, though. <laughs> right, right, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. there has there, there's so many versions of the character where you have different types of the suit. You know, some people like the S on the cape, like yeah. you. You don't yeah. like the S on the cape. Yeah. You know, me personally, I either or it doesn't bother me with the actual uh, underwear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't care <laughs> about the underwear either. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't bother me either or. But if I had to choose, I don't want the underwear mm-hmm. because you know, you know, and for people that got to understand the story of that or how they even came to put the underwear on Superman in 1937. I mean, is y'all gonna crack up once you find out on the reason why the underwear was even involved for Superman and Batman for them to have underwear on? It will literally crack you up. They have men in diapers. It's, it's tripped out when you find out the whole history of it. But anyway, uh, Kavari, but people. Are, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, Kavari says, "Gun has to find the balance between dark and light." DC really peak when its stories are dark and grounded, like Joker and Batman. To a certain audience. I mean, take a look at the Batman, for instance. The Batman 
didn't even and I'm not saying it's it's a failure. It was a financial success, but it didn't even make a billion dollars. Uh, the success should not always be weighed by financial success or not success. But I didn't like the Batman. I feel that it was too grounded. I feel that we've done a grounded Batman too many times at this point. I want to see a more uh, comic book accurate Batman, which Batfleck kind of was. I mean, he was doing these crazy stunts. He was a one-man wrecking ball. You don't see that very often. You know, he was a brute. I like that kind of stuff. Whereas you see, uh, you know, what's another good example? Um, the Joker. Like, I didn't like the Joker movie because, again, it to me, it was just too dark and depressing. But they were successful for different reasons. But not the kind of success that you want a comic book movie studio to be successful with uh because and i know people don't like hearing it i know dc fans don't like hearing it but you have to take a look at what marvel did and how they were successful i'm not saying copy what they did but you see how they were successful like i said with the kids getting a larger audience to become very financially successful to be the most financial successful studio of all time that is the that's what they want to do and continuing the dark and gritty like you're saying is peak kavari that is not really what james gunn is going to do he's not going to be able to do that because it's not going to get them what they want i get what you're saying but you have to understand at the same time majority of dc characters are grounded now Especially if you're going to get into it. I see what you're saying where you want to get and try to, like I said again, with the median and you want to get into a particular audience. It all depends on what you're going to do with those characters and how you're going to do it. I'm going to tell you, I, I will say this, and I'll put it to you like this. If they make Kal-El sarcastic, it's not going to, it's not going to be successful. No, I think they got to make Kal-El, they got to make Clark Kent, Kal-El comic book accurate. Right, um, that's what I'm saying. That's and what it, they need it, to do there. Right, and that's and that and, and the key point that I'm saying to you is is that is that I I just get it a brief. See, with Marvel being at Disney, they didn't follow no concepts from the comics at all. The writers didn't follow anything. They did their own thing, and I and I get it. I get it. They did their own thing, but when it comes down to DC, this is a totally different beast. This is a totally different animal. Because what carries DC, yeah, the heroes carry it. But what carries DC is the villains. And if you try to shortchange the villains, that ain't going to work. The villains have to be hardcore and wicked. That's why I say, and that's why I say people have no idea. The general casual audience, you think, I'll put you like this. You think Marvel got some got some villains. They have no idea what they'll be into if you really go fast forward with DC villains. Okay? Because, again, I like stuff to be serious. I like stuff to be grounded. I like stuff where, you know, uh, there is adult. You can have campy stuff. You can be silly and stuff like that. But I like that seriousness. I like that, that real hardcore grounded stuff that's what i like the campy stuff could be cool too it depends on what you put into it but at the same time 
You know, you have, for instance, if James, I'm gonna give, I'll give you a perfect example on what they can do if you want to make the DCEU successful with the characters. If y'all want to get a good idea of what James Gunn can do, watch Justice League War. If you watch Justice League War, look at the personalities and how they were introduced. If you introduce how Jordan being a sarcastic asshole, you're going to win a lot of people. A lot. They're going to like him. If you got Batman serious and grunted the way that he is, you're going to like that. You got Diana actually acting like an Amazon warrior. Boom. If you got Superman being the Superman where he has a personality, but he's still a Boy Scout, you're going to win a lot of people. Yeah. So if y'all go back and you watch Justice League War, trust me, watch it for the characters. Because in that movie, they're just introducing themselves. They don't even know who, each, who, who they are. They don't even know each other yet. This is the New 52 when it started, and they started with Justice League War. If he does something of that magnitude, and the characters act in that way, oh, we got something going. Yeah. Oh, we, we got something going. We want to know why, because it's going to appeal to children. It's going to appeal to adults. It's going to appeal to everybody. Because of the characters. If you get a Barry Allen that's goofy, silly, but smart, and then you have that dynamic with um you have that dynamic with Hal Jordan, but it's gonna be John Stewart. And everybody knows that John Stewart, if they make they can make John Stewart silly. That's not his character. John Stewart is serious as fuck. You cannot have him be goofy. That will not work. So my only thing is. It all depends on how it's executed. And if y'all want to get a perfect example, watch Justice League War and look at the characters and how they are introduced. And once y'all see that, y'all will have a clear, clear, good idea of where I'm coming from. If James Gunn decides to do that, that'll be cool. I mean, that would be cool. Thing is, is that's New Fifty Two, and it seems like I mean that was that was not New Fifty, but it was based off of New Fifty Two. That's it was built around the New Fifty Two ideas. So I don't think James Gunn's going to go that route. But that's not to say that he won't take inspiration from that and take some of those ideas. Um, I want to get to some more of these comments here. Hunter Iggy asks, should James Gunn introduce the new Trinity and Blue Beetle movie? No, I don't no. think he should. Um, I was a fan of the idea of introducing the new Superman and new Batman in a post-credit scene for the flash. I think they should have fast tracked uh, casting those two and having just a little scene in a post-credit scene that introduces that there is a new timeline universe that happened because of the flash. They didn't do that. So I think they need to just not put them in blue beetle. Don't put them in Aquaman. Just do what they were going to do or do what they're going to do with releasing the movies. Uh, like he wants to release them. Uh, let's see here. What else is there? Uh, Kavari says, I get DC movies has to be appealing to audience audiences, both all audience, both adults and kids. Absolutely. Derpy says, James Gunn knows the formula that works and doesn't going to, he's not going to let get it right. We have to be optimistic. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Kavari says, I don't want DC movies to be formula where every movie looks and feels the same like Marvel. And I don't think we're going to get that. Uh, James, nope, Gunn, I don't think we know. <laughs> James Gunn, I think it was when he was on, 
uh, Rosenbaum's podcast inside of you, I think he stated like superhero movies have gotten stale. There's no creativity with it anymore. They're not allowing like these writers are just doing the same thing over and over again. And mm -hmm. I think that's a great thing for him to realize and notice. And I hope that he pushes the writers he hires, the directors he hires to be artistic, to, to do something fun and new because the idea is, yes, it's all going to be within one universe, but it doesn't all have to look the same. It doesn't all have to be the same. Hey, guys, sorry about that. My internet just crapped the bed. Uh, apologies for that. Um, so if you stuck around, thanks for sticking around. Um, let's see. Uh, trying to see some of these. What is the storytelling? Yeah, Triton, how does my first left? So I don't want DC movies. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, Prime, thanks for joining. If uh, I know you're not here anymore. It doesn't look like you're here anymore. Um, nope, you're not. So thanks for joining Prime. Um, I don't know what I was going to say. Like, I think it was talking about Superman Legacy and how Swamp Thing, they're not going to be similar or the same. Uh, so yeah, I guess with that, guys, I, I, I guess because my internet decided to crap the bed, like I said, I've been having internet problems today. Um, we're we're going to end this one here. This was a great, great episode. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining in. It was a great episode for sure. Um, I, I had a lot of fun. I really did. And, uh, yeah, thank you all so much for joining in. I hope you can hear me. Um, I don't know if anybody's hearing me. Um, yeah, so great talk, everybody. Make sure you hit that like button, hit subscribe. I got some more videos coming out here in the near future. We got some interviews, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, try and get to bed. If it's 1230 a.m. there, get to bed. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Derpy, thank you so much. Bye. Triton, get to bed. Uh, yeah, it's been great. I love you guys so much for coming on and talking with me and conversing. Oh, yeah, you can see some of my Jesus uh, 3D printing stuff over there. I do that, too, as well. Uh, so, yeah. Guys, thank you all so much for watching. And with all that said, I'll talk to all of you later.